Culture is awash in sexual imagery and messages, something that's increasingly reflected on many popular teen-focused TV series and in movies as well. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, technology, and your family. Thanks for joining us. If you've got tweens or teens in the home, our discussion today is one that you're going to want to pay attention to. And it's definitely something you'll want to listen to with headphones on, as this conversation is intended specifically for parents. That's because we're going to be talking about depictions of teen sexuality and entertainment, a challenging but important conversation. And speaking of that, we'd love you to join that conversation too. So be sure to let us know what you think of today's podcast by emailing us at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com. Joining me today are... Paul Acey, Emily Clark, and Jonathan McKee. All right, so this was a challenge to come up with an icebreaker that fit our theme for today, but I think I'm in the ballpark. When you were growing up, what was one TV show that your parents would not let you watch, and why? Ooh, 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 I know, I know. Jonathan, I feel <laughs> I, <again. laughs> I, I, I didn't even necessarily want to see this, but whenever my parents said, no to something then i was always curious why did they say no and it made me want to sneak and see it and for some reason they told me no to this innocent show called three's company yeah so oh uh, (laughs) jonathan you took mine did i take yours yes and i and i really and and then when i finally (laughs) then when i finally saw it i was like i don't even understand what they're joking about what is this crazy show but yeah three's company was like an absolute no, no for me. No, you can't watch it. Why? You know, because I said so. We didn't really talk about it. It was just one of those things. And, uh, and I, but I was, I was pretty young. I mean, I was like pre 10 years old. I don't know. I was right. probably seven or eight. And I know I had kids at school, friends that like talked about, oh, this is funny. Whatever. And I was like, what? What? You know? And so I kind of felt <laughs> out of it. You know, personally, I just wanted to see Starsky and Hutch, which I couldn't see either. But right. Three's Company was the one. I was like, what? What's the deal? I totally felt your pain with that. Although I really wanted to see Three's Company. I thought that looked like a really good show to me. Um, but, you know, I think the, all, the, all the cohabitation was just a no-go with my family. The other one that they really didn't want me to watch, Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah. Charlie's Angels was a no-no in our house, which was kind of a bummer for me because I had um, – I, 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 I was on the fourth – right? reason but but here's the deal i was i remember being in fourth grade right and and i you hang out on the playground and there was a time when there were a few girls who really wanted me to play charlie's angels with them where i was bosley right (laughs) i was supposed to be bosley and Which is better than Charlie, because then you have to be in the other room and just exactly. using your then voice. Exactly. Then I just do a voice. I don't, I don't a, know then I'm just a voice. better than Charlie, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, Bosley is not exactly. Nobody yeah, wanted to be Bosley, okay? But I was, I was, I was still flattered that these girls wanted to play a game with me, so I, I was really excited about it. But I had no idea who Bosley was. I had no idea who the Angels were because I wasn't allowed to watch the show. So I was playing Aww. this game and had no idea what I was doing during the entire time. Well, and isn't that kind of funny, though, that I mean, because like I remember I was allowed to watch Charlie's Angels. So I was allowed to watch Charlie's Angels, but I wasn't allowed to watch Three's Company. And I'm sure, you know, Three's Company maybe had a lot more jokes about, you know, inappropriate stuff and whatever. But, yeah, for for me, I was I was 
to rub it in your face, Paul, I was allowed to watch Charlie. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's right. My childhood was much more fulfilling. (laughs) You guys are so cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch Friends, and I wasn't allowed to watch it because of all the sexuality and the jokes and stuff. And it's actually kind of interesting because I eventually did see it secretly against my parents' wishes. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening. Um, (laughs) But no, but actually, as I've gotten older, I feel like, I I mean, I totally get why they didn't want me to watch it when I was a teenager. Although I think a lot of the stuff went, just went straight over my head. But as an adult, I I watched some of the, some of the episodes. I'm just like, oh, that joke isn't, it doesn't hold up. It's not funny. I don't know why it was funny back then, but it's not funny right now. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Three's Company is a lot the same way. I mean, I think about how much I wanted to watch that show. Man, that show does not hold up very well. No, it does not. And for me, you guys are going to laugh so hard. I couldn't watch the Dukes of Hazard, at least initially, because I certainly watched <laughs> the it Dukes of Hazard later. Well, I mean Daisy because of her Daisy, Daisy, Daisy Dukes. Dukes. I mean, yeah, my parents thought it was because a of Roscoe. Show. You know, Roscoe P. Coltrane. <laughs> Roscoe. <laughs> In flash. Anyway, we digress. Because <laughs> um, of Boss Hog. I think for all of these examples, they're they're really great examples because they they show how we had parents who maybe were aware of some things, but not aware of others. And that's kind of the way pop culture works, right? I mean, I think that we we have high profile things that that even parents who are busy and frazzled have heard about. And they may be concerned about, but there can be other things going on under the radar and, you know, children sneaking off to watch things anyway, Emily. And so I think that obviously we want to keep our kids from watching some things um, when they're, when they're younger, but as they move into their tween and teen years, I think our stance has to move toward how do we, help shape their understanding of the things that are happening in popular culture. Because, you know, your examples are great. You know, you weren't allowed to watch it, but the kids at school were. And so that created curiosity. And and the same thing is true today. We'll set limits and boundaries, but not everybody's going to share those boundaries. And so how do we equip our kids to really deal with that? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, sexuality and, and how it's being depicted among teens. And honestly, if you've ever had the talk with a child, it's, this is never an easy conversation. It can be pretty awkward. uh, But I think it's an important conversation now more than ever to be having, because our, our culture is having that conversation. And they're having it in a more blatant way uh, than perhaps we have ever seen before, whether we're talking TVs or movies, we have these shows that present a worldview that makes pretty big assumptions about teen sexual behavior. And so our hope today is that this conversation can be a catalyst for you to have more conversations with your tweens and teens about this incredibly important subject and not to just be something that becomes a baseball bat that we hit them on the head and say, no, that's garbage, turn it off. But hopefully a conversation that equips you in some concrete ways to be able to wade into this uh, thoughtfully with your kids. 
So just on the really basic level, how would you say television depicts teen sexuality these days? And, you know, if you can give us an example or two, that would be awesome. You know, I, th- I think that our whole society kind of has this attitude of everything's okay or, you know, you know, th- yes. there's no truth. So, so what's, what's right for you, you know, might not be right for someone else, but that's okay because you have to just be yourself and, and you got to go with your gut and do what feels right for you. So, so many of the things that end up happening are just kind of like, you know, uh, as young people are exploring these thoughts and these feelings, just go with it. Go with what feels right on, on who you are and your identity and these desires. And, and I think that's kind of the overarching theme that basically kind of, you know, takes off the moral handcuffs and allows you to just go with your gut in those situations, which is obviously, you know, pretty dangerous way to go. And I think it's funny because our society would understand that, hey, you know, when it comes to something like your temper, you shouldn't just go with your gut. Right. You know, if you feel like hitting someone in the face, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe there's consequences. But when it comes to, you know, uh, sex and intimacy, no, it's okay. There are no consequences. Just go with mm. your gut. I think it's, yes, absolutely. They're just like, everything is okay and you should be accepting of everything. But at the same time, they never depict like virgins on shows nowadays. It's like, everything's okay unless you're a virgin. And they don't actually say that. In fact, I think there are several shows that are like, you know, it's okay if you're a virgin, but they don't actually say that. It's just more of like implied because almost everyone that they're depicting is not every, almost every teenager that they're depicting on television is somebody who is engaging in these behaviors that are honestly just really unhealthy for teenagers. Yeah, and if someone does say they're a virgin, of course, it's kind of like what? How like, can you why? possibly? You know, yeah. <laughs> or if you have, or if you have a show like a Friends or something like that, where there's kind of a cast of twenty somethings. Um, you know, I, I guess I got to be 30 somethings, but let's just say it was a cast of, you know, 18 and olders. Um, very often if someone does say, you know, you know, like, oh, well, gosh, I've, you know, I'm not actually sexually active right now. Everybody else will be like, what? They'll be like, yeah, I haven't had sex in two months. What? You know, so yeah. sometimes it's not just being a virgin. It's like, oh, well, it's, it's been a while. It's been yeah. two months, you know, so, yeah. so it kind of creates this, oh, wait a sec. Should I? Is this something I should be doing? Is this, is this something that everybody is doing? And I think that's the biggest point here. You know, I think that, that when you're talking about um, these shows, that's the biggest thing. They, they actually make this assumption that everyone, you know, e- even if they're in their teens, when they're, <laughs> you know, legally, they shouldn't be engaged in this stuff, even by the law standards. Um, mm-hmm. There's an understanding that there's, there's a lot of sexual promiscuity. And all of a sudden, if you're not um, sexually active, you're an oddball. You're out of touch with how society is rolling. And I think that that's a really dangerous assumption to make. Um, you know, I think that, that, that because culture is such a, you know, especially entertainment culture is such a powerful force in the lives of teens. We, we take our tips as teens for, for how culture outside of our, our homes looks. And when you see that kind of promiscuity, um, all over the place in, in, in the pop culture, it can be a really dangerous message that's being sent. Mm-hmm. What are some examples of, of shows where, as you've watched them, and obviously we review TV, you have been surprised by 
what they're depicting or or perhaps how graphically they're depicting it if i mean if we can just come up with some examples here you know the biggest example that i have is a show that's on hbo called euphoria um it stars zendaya and it's a really um oh my goodness (laughs) it just make you cringe it makes you want to if you watch euphoria you just want to lock your teens in their bedroom until they're 25 or so, because it just <laughs> depicts a, a very, very problematic world filled with sex and drugs and, and all sorts of ex- experimentation. Um, there are some, some reasonably okay messages hidden way, 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 way down in the, in the, the graphic filth that we see here. But I mean, they're just so overwhelmed by, by what we see visually on the screen it's just, it's a nightmare. It, it really, it may be the scariest show that I've seen on TV, actually. Huh. Yeah, you know what? I, I reviewed that one and uh, because I knew young people would want to see it because you've got, you know, uh, Zendaya, who's, you know, you know, been in the Spider-Man films and, you know, and, and Casey Undercover and stuff. She's kind of like this teen role model you know and when you've got some somebody who's actually like been on kids choice awards you know teen choice awards stuff like that who all of a sudden you know and parents should know i mean it's hbo they should know i mean it's it's completely uh, it even starts by saying ma for you know all these mature themes and nudity and sex and whatever and stuff but it was another one of those shows that you know and, and and it's interesting because people out in our culture were saying this is such a this is such a real depiction of the way it is out there. But um, it, it, the the crazy thing is it really tapped into a subculture and it defined it as this is what everybody's doing. And uh, I've mentioned on this podcast before, uh, you know, you know, when it comes to our entertainment it serves as both a map and a mirror, because on one hand, you know, they say, oh, this is going to, this is such a depiction of our culture. It mirrors what's going on in our culture. But what it ends up being is a map of like, hey, this is, this is the way it is. And in a way, this is one of the ways you should possibly explore and see if it's right for you. And that's what, that's what that show does. So Paul, I agree. It was, it was sad one. But since it's an HBO show, a lot of kids don't, you know, have the access to sneak and watch it unless they get their friend's access code from their parents' cable or whatever, which a lot of young people are doing. So there's other shows that a lot of kids do have access to. And on Netflix, of course, you have access to so much stuff. And Netflix has that sex education, which Mm -hmm. now is in its second season. And, And the thing I think that's really scary about that show is, I mean, it's, 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 obviously full of sex and nudity. Well, it's not maybe by the title, but, but it is, it's, it's full of sex and nudity. And it's one of those shows, which basically is saying, Hey, parents aren't talking about this. So kids, it's okay. You guys can figure it out for yourself. Hmm. And the today show actually had the, you know, actors from sex education on the show. And uh, they're all kind of laughing and saying, this is good. This is good. That finally we have a show that's talking about this, you know, and stuff. And, and, in one hand, it would be really good if parents and kids talked about, you know, God's design for sex and intimacy. That would be great conversation to have. But they were saying, here's a show that can help you do it when it's a show that goes to soft porn within minutes, you know. Right. And so that that's what's really sad out there is that that here you take and Satan is very shrewd. You know, mm-hmm. he takes something that's this amazing gift that God gave us, the gift of sex, you know. 
And parents are scared to talk with their kids about it. So there sometimes becomes this void and this curiosity. And so where do kids go to fill this void? I'm going to sneak and I'm going to watch the movie Good Boys, you know, because everybody at school was talking about it. I heard it was funny and I can learn, you know, uh, I heard there's some funny jokes about sex toys. So, So they go because there's this you know, desire and there's this void and they, they, they got to go get answers from somewhere. And that's why it's so important for mom and dad to have open, you know, candid conversations about this as awkward as they can be. Yep. Yeah. No, I feel, I don't know. On the one hand, it's like, yes, I think that there does need to be a conversation about it. And, you know, there are shows like sex education, like 13 reasons why, where they're trying to encourage people, Hey, we need to be talking about this and stuff. The sad part with those types of shows is that they feel like the only way that they can talk about it is to show you very graphically about it. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't need a visual. I need a conversation. And you one thing that you never see in these shows, you never see the kids talking with their parents. And it's like, okay, yes, we need to have a conversation, but the people we need to have a conversation with are not the people we're talking to. Um, Another show that comes to mind is Never Have I Ever, which is on Netflix, and it's rated TV 14. Um, Now, there is no, there's no sexual activity on that show, which is rare, but... uh, they talk about it all the time. And in fact, Mindy Kaling, who's the creator of the show, there's a scene in there that she talked about where they don't, like I said, there's no sexual activity, but there is a scene where these girls are talking about different positions and whatnot. And they're using stuffed animals to demonstrate to like, basically to educate themselves. And Mindy Kaling was like, but it's better because we didn't put those girls in a situation. And it's like, is it better though? Is it really? Because really these girls should be talking to some adults about this stuff, but they're not, they're just like, they're getting on Google and they're trying to figure it out. And they're not talking to anybody who actually knows anything they're just you know talking to themselves and talking and looking things up online and that's just not a healthy way to do things yeah well and mindy has a history of that even on her show the mindy project you know which again wasn't a show where you are showing graphically sex and stuff but she constantly joked about sex mm-hmm. and she would you know there's uh, there's early on in the mindy project show there was a time where she was praying to god and she prayed that a guy had, you know, what was well endowed and you're like going, really? And, 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 and it's always, and that's what she's constantly doing. She's pushing that envelope of, of talking about that kind of stuff. And probably in the same, I, I think maybe even films like bridesmaids, maybe paved the way for this, which is like, let's talk about stuff that's super outlandish and super rare and crazy. And try so to normalize act- it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think kids actually hear something and go, what is that? I've never even heard about that body part because it's so obscure that they end up Googling it and searching for this. And this and this is what makes it tough on parents because parents aren't ready for those those hard triple X questions. They're kind of thinking, can't we have the PG-13 conversation? But kids have triple X questions. Yeah. And one of the things that that this conversation makes me realize is that a lot of these shows, you have these teens essentially educating themselves on, Mm. on sex. Yeah. As, as Emily says, they're not going to their parents. They're not talking to anybody who might give them some good guidance. They're, 
you know, sex is in, inherently one of those fascinating subjects when you're a teen. You're just really, really curious about it. And and instead of going to someone who they should be going to, they go to their peers. And, and, and so it ends up being a really uh, vile stew, if you will, of rumor and innuendo and longing. And, and it just becomes a huge problem. And if, if there's one lesson that we can take away from these really graphic shows, it might be that, that parents need to get more involved in this conversation, even though it's super, super uncomfortable. And I would even say that I think parents actually need to become, and for lack of a better word, more graphic in their conversation. And I know that's going to make some people uncomfortable. So use our listeners, please uh, give us feedback on what you think of this. But let me let me plead my case really quick. I feel like the Bible is very graphic at times. And I think I've some parents even, you know, you read through the book of Genesis with your young kids, you know, uh, it, it, I mean, and Adam, you could tell us you've got young kids, you know, you're reading through yeah. Genesis and, and you're reading things about, you know, and then this guy spilled his seed on the floor or, you know, and then, and then the people gathered around Lot's house and asked him to what, you know, I mean, and there's, you know, Noah was laying naked and his son saw, wait, I don't understand. And the Bible doesn't seem to hold back on this. And I, I recommend to parents, I say, Hey, you know, don't skip those passages. Talk about this. And obviously it's, you know, maybe not with your three-year-old, but the fact is as your kid starts approaching adolescence, he's going to have some of these questions and we can't be scared of it. The Bible it has it there for a reason and parents need to engage in those types of conversations, um, even though they might feel a little uncomfortable. Well, and that gets it at my next question. And that, and that is, you know, Comparing the overarching worldview of these shows versus a biblical one, because I think if our strategy is don't do it, you know, wait till you're married, um, or I think sometimes Christians inadvertently communicate sex is bad or dirty, and so you're layering just shame on top of a lack of understanding. Mm, but so what true. would you what would you say is the worldview that we see in these shows and how do we, how do we talk about a Christian worldview? And Jonathan, you've gotten us started down that road, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. How do we contrast that with a Christian understanding of the purpose and place of sexuality? I think that the overarching worldview is that, again, we've said it earlier, it's that everything's okay. And the only thing that's not okay is not being okay with it. And So I think what we need to say as Christians is, okay, not everything is okay, but not everything is bad either. And I think that's sometimes where people get the message misconstrued a little bit. They're like, you know, people, I think that as I was growing up being a Christian, it felt like people would tell me that because you're a Christian, you don't get to have any fun. It's just a world of no's and it's basically just all these rules and regulations that you have to follow if you want to get into heaven. That's not the way I see it. I mean, that's not how Christianity works. I feel like the Bible gives us these guidelines not to give us rules and regulations that we have to follow, but to protect us. Because if you actually follow you know, the principle of, hey, don't have sex with someone who you're not married to and completely in love with. That's not just because, oh, because you might get pregnant or something like that. It's to protect your heart because sex is one of those things that, especially on TV, TV does not 
explain the fact that, hey, this is not just a physical thing. It's an emotionally complicated subject. And the Bible does address that. The Bible is like, uh, no, it's all of it. It's spiritual. It's mental. It's emotional. It's physical. Like, you do not need to be engaging in this with someone who you are not 100% committed to because it's not only going to hurt them, but it's going to hurt you and hurt your heart in the long run. And it can scar you for a very long time. And TV nowadays doesn't explain that. They're like, eh, it's okay. It's all okay. It's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Yeah, we rarely see those consequences. Yeah, and I think and I think it'd be good to take them specifically to passages that talk about that. Because Emily, you talked about saying, "Hey, you know, the Bible says don't have sex." Well, I think there's a lot of high school kids that are like, "Where? Where does it say that exactly?" And what are you sure that wasn't just some dated cultural thing? I want to, you know, and they really want to go through it. And I remember when my youngest was in high school she had a bunch of friends over from a christian school and they all were had these questions and i walked in the room and my daughter was like uh well ask him and i hadn't heard the conversation i had no <laughs> idea what you're talking about and she goes she goes ask him he wrote the book on it and i was like what and i'm thinking oh, no. well, which book which book are they talking about i have no it, well it's not the guy's guide because these are all girls so i don't know which what is you know and and so Finally, one of her friends goes, so is oral sex bad? And Ooh. so to mm. buy time, I asked the question that I all, that I said, well, what's the Bible say? And it was silence. There was seven girls sitting in the room who had been raised in Christian school since the beginning of time, and none of them knew anywhere to look. So half an hour later, they're all sitting there holding a copy of my book, Sex Matters, <laughs> and we're going through <laughs> what scripture says, and we're talking about the difference between adultery and fornication and what that means, and then what Jesus talked on lust, and, and honestly, that's where I was going was, like, you know, well, you know, the oral sex, you know, what, what are you thinking about when you're having oral sex? Is that, you know, see, sex is this process that begins with, you know, passion and, and this, and how God made this as this wonderful you know, gift that we can enjoy. And sometimes we, we start down that line and think, oh, as long as I just bail out at the end before sexual intercourse, then it's okay. But is that really what the Bible talks about? And, you know, again, bring them back to scripture. I Go to Second Samuel 11, the David and Bathsheba story. That's one where I think a lot of parents, you know, bail out and say, well, let's not talk about this. But what better passage to see you know, the process of where this guy starts by walking on the roof and he sees a pretty girl. And what's he do? He click here for more. That's what he does. He's like, ah, bring her over, you know, and then he talks to her and then he's like, okay, and now let me sleep with her. And that led, and one thing led to another, which led to murdering one of his friends, you know, and I think it's so cool that God included passages like this for a guy that was after God's own heart, you know, how, how cool of us to see how we are so vulnerable to this kind of temptation and why we can't just do whatever feels right at the moment. That's what David did. And it didn't work out so great. Yeah. And you know, an interesting thing I once was in a study where we read the entire life of David in one sitting. And I mean, it covers multiple books of the Bible and we talk about David being a man after God's own heart, and we talk about the forgiveness he was able to experience. But the reality is, if you read his whole story, that choice unleashed all kinds of things. There were consequences for the rest of David's life. And um, I love that the Bible shows us the, the choice, the forgiveness, 
and the consequences because you can experience forgiveness, but there may still be really severe consequences. And that's one of the things most of these shows never depict. Uh, And again, it's not that we're not just, you know, our message is not just scared straight. Don't do this because something bad will happen. But, but we do have to talk about the consequences because there can be things that happen when we make choices in this area. And I love this conversation because I feel like we could probably go for another half an hour or an hour (laughs) in talking about it. But I hope that what um, listeners take away from this is the culture is having this conversation. The culture has a perspective on sexuality that is radically different than a Christian perspective on sexuality, which says that there is a purpose and place for this beautiful thing that God has designed. And it is incredibly beautiful and incredibly powerful and meaningful. Um, but it's not something that we can just unleash on everybody all the time and not have consequences from it, which our culture wants to sort of, you know, wants to take the good things about sexuality, but it wants to ignore the context that God created it for a purpose and place. And when we have expression that's outside of that, um, really some, some difficult things can happen. And, and damaging things. And, and like Emily was saying, I loved Emily that you said, it's not just about you can get pregnant or you can get an STD. It's about what happens emotionally yes. when you make a choice to share your body with another person. That that, so that is a real thing that our culture often minimizes. And, and especially these shows, I think there's so much confusion here with regard to, to how this works. And so my hope is for parents listening today or grandparents, for youth ministers, anybody who's engaged with, with teens and tweens where you can be having these conversations. Jonathan, I love your forthrightness in just talking about the fact that we need to be having a real conversation here. And, and that word keeps coming up. We've said conversation a lot. But in this case, I don't think we can overemphasize it um, because, like I said, the culture is talking about these things. The culture has that perspective, and we want to be able to help our kids understand a biblical perspective. Well, we hope this has been an encouraging and engaging conversation for you today. And if you have any feedback on what we have talked about, we would love to hear from you at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And also, if you'd like to go deeper on this topic, check out the links to the reviews of the shows and movies we've talked about. And maybe you haven't heard of some of them. Um, it would be good for you to know the kind of things that are shaping the lives of teens and tweens today, because this stuff is out there and kids are watching it. And you'll also find a link to Jonathan's book, which we mentioned earlier, called Sex Matters. Thanks so much for listening today. In addition to hearing from you, we would love to get your feedback or comments wherever you get your podcasts. So let us know what you thought about today's show and let us know what topics you would love for us to cover in the future as well. And as always, we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another fantastic conversation on The Plugged In Show. 